Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. And today on the show is a jazz label, a jazz label from California called Minaret Records. And my friend Yusuf, I talked to today and we talk all about the formation of the label and we talk about what it means to be an independent jazz label and we talk about what that means and what DIY means for jazz musicians and for jazz labels. I'm so excited because this is a great label. I mean, this is a very cool label that um, I think they're the musicianship and I mean, obviously jazz has a high level of, of musicianship often. Um, and I just, I think their releases are so great. And so it was such an honor, such a pleasure to have this label on the show. And I think you're going to pull a lot of inspiration, even though if you're not in the jazz, the jazz realm uh, or the jazz genre, um, you're going to still pull a lot from Yusuf's uh, outlook and worldview on, on how to run a label. So I hope that you find it really helpful. Speaking of helpful, I'm excited to start talking about our directory, which is something uh, new on our website, where basically I get a lot of emails, like a few a day, and, and sometimes when people ask me for a recommendation for um, a music attorney or a mastering engineer or, you know, all the different needs and services that um, a small record label would need to contract out. And, and you know, you can Google them or you can ask a friend. Uh, and so I've been collecting um, a group of companies and, and service providers uh, who are friends of other record labels. And I'm hosting them on our directory with an information about them and who they are and a link if they've appeared on the podcast before. Uh, so go to otherrecordlabels.com slash directory. That's otherrecordlabels.com slash directory to find out more about those peeps that uh, other record labels endorses and who are friends of the podcast and who can help you running your record label. Oh, hey, by the way, before we get going, um, I had some audio issues. I, I actually forgot to record the Zoom call in the first, I think, four minutes. So you might notice it's um, the call is, is a little uh, harsh on the ears. It improves in a couple of minutes. So stick with us. I, I, I was really enjoying going through your label. And, and I think this is like, this might be the first jazz label we've had. And um, I'm, I'm just very excited to talk about this subject. And I'm curious, like, DIY in indie rock and bedroom pop and lo-fi hip-hop is all about using what you've got as your own unique style, whereas I see jazz as having a higher standard of musicality. Uh, what, what does DIY mean in the jazz world? Is that a term that's even used? That's a really good question. Um, I don't think DIY is used that much in jazz music. When okay. I, I personally don't even really identify... With, with the word DIY too much. I think the extent to which I'm DIY is like as a person in the sense of like, I'm going to, I'm going to rely on, on myself to figure out what needs to be done. Yeah. So what I think, that's what I think the, that's the ethos of DIY, right? Just, right. I'm going to self-reliance yeah. and that could be a self-reliance of a community, self-reliance of an individual, self-reliance of a duo. So to that end, I think part of, the work that I'm doing is rooted in that DIY ethic. And keep in mind, I say ethic. For some, DIY is an aesthetic. Sure. For others, DIY is an escape. That's a good point. It's an escape from, you know, a lot of people are, are DIY because the music's too weird or because there's not sort of that many institutions that are down to back it. Yeah. Support it or patronize it. So again, you become your own patron. But the word that I use 
to describe what I'm doing is open source. And that and oh. what I mean by that is sort of do you know there's like people use that in like text. Sure. To talk about something being iterative, something being the, the sort of Infor- the information and the data being accessible to others, but and what I mean by that is just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm someone that's, I'm, I'm trying to sort of, I'm trying to, to, to make, I'm almost trying to create resources, <laughs> sure. if that makes sense. I'm sure. trying to create my own resources, and from there, um, you work with other people; they have resources you work together and then it becomes this thing where now like other people are looking at you like, damn, like I have something to give now. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think basically DIY, not, I'm telling off, but no, I, I, this is great. Within jazz music. Um, I would say that you got a lot of, like you got a lot of kids in college who are studying jazz music and they're, they probably represent something like a jazz DIY, in the, at least here in California, in the sense that I see them doing shows, they're independent they're they're it's very open people are you know within jazz music as well you it's it's cool because you have such a like changing roster of people combos people playing with each other like it's always different as much as there might be like a solid quartet or a band you know especially in these earlier stages it's very fluid so it kind of looks like free agents moving around collaborating with people and then again you have these like you then then you have more um institutional uh jazz labels within america within los angeles that they're kind of like one foot in one foot out that's how i see them because a lot of those jazz labels especially now are very down to start talking about kind of like community and we're like and they're using that language I think because that language is the language of like punk. It's, it's people want to co-opt that as much as they want to actually be that. Because I think what that is is just like being being pro community, putting community over profit, or these kinds of things. You know, that's a yeah. Kind of yeah. Well, but, but basically, um, within DIY and jazz, I think and mostly a lot of it comes down specifically. To venues, right? And ah, um, good point. Shows, and and um, to that extent, I think that's where you see a real like DIY culture in jazz music is musicians who are putting together their musicians or independent labels who are putting together their own shows, often in underground spaces, spaces where, um, yeah, ba- basically spaces that are illegal. Recording right. in progress. Right, yeah. Um, to a certain extent, you know, spaces that are underground, some all ages, you know what I mean? Maybe there's an underground bar. Well, that's very similar. That's, that's a similar DIY approach that, that to indie you know, music. It, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the reason why is, I think, and this is something I've talked to a lot of my friends about, is because of, of alcohol, you know, largely. Oh. alcohol. Alcohol, I think, creates adultness it creates adult atmospheres right it creates this sense of like like for example a lot of just by virtue of them being at bars or clubs a lot of jazz events are 21 plus okay yeah and um even within what i think for like minaret like our audience i think it's a lot of people who are in college a lot of like 
maybe even a little younger. Sure. To, uh, obviously, to like people who are even 60 years old who might come to a show. So yeah. for me, I'm thinking, okay, why is the show 21 plus? It's literally just because of alcohol. Yeah, so uh, of course. For Right. So for DIY, I think there is a spirit of like inclusivity within indie music DIY where it's just like everybody's welcome here. You kind of can come to this space. You can, you're, you know, you, you can, someone can step on your shoes. It's cool. Like it's just, <laughs> it's a, it's a relaxed atmosphere. That That's kind of part of it. It's a relaxed atmosphere. And it's an atmosphere also that privileges, uh, and values free expression, um, independent kind of hustle. And, uh, and yeah, so I don't know. I see it. I think whatever the DIY thing is, it has different manifestations, um, within genres, within cities, within like I can't even generalize. Like I don't sure. know. Like I'm just really speaking, maybe mostly to a Los Angeles or no, California. That's, no, that's good. I, I, I understand it. Yeah. I I um I relate to that alcohol um you know concern with venues when because I was involved in a lot of folk music house shows mm-hmm. and uh, we whenever we would play at a venue, what we found with the alcohol is not only was it 21 plus, but it also they would push back mm-hmm. the set times as late as possible and they would try to include as many bands as possible in order to mm-hmm. maximize the the bar tab. And so when you're playing at a house show when nobody is trying to make a living off of selling alcohol, it it you know frees you up to earlier set times and 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 to just do whatever is best for the performers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. that's what I loved about removing and that from the equation. Adding to that, pivoting away from alcohol might highlight other things for sale. Right, such yes, as yes, that's merch, a good point. Or such good. as yeah. even baked, even baked goods or coffee or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and those things, those things actually can be far more lucrative than alcohol. Like merch can be far more lucrative than alcohol. And guess what? It doesn't smell and it doesn't. But it's not even a thing yeah, to say. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, no, I'm no, I, no, I totally. Yeah, and and, for, and it's for me. Yeah, it's also like, you know, that's why I think that within DIY stuff, sometimes you have like a BYOB thing, or you have yeah. just a like, yeah. Um, you also, I think the other thing with with uh, with DIY concerts is this kind of this this real attitude of like, you know, this young. It's kind of a young. I, I think DIY is always like the youngest generation who's coming up, and then it's kind of like it's yeah. It's like, it's basically it's like a constantly changing thing because it's just all the youngest people coming together doing what they do. That whatever that is, that's my definition of DIY. That's great. Um, anyone independent, and then of course, within that you have, um, that's where other art, and that's where things become multimedia, and that's also another part is like maybe certain things where it's like okay, it's a show, but you know there's a person who's who's vending magazines, or there's a person who's vending clothes that they made and screen printed. Like, sure. So you see that even within like techno raves and. Uh, there's like forms of culture and forms of music experiences which integrate and and that's another thing that which is that's DIY well, like the, the you thing, know what I mean craftsmen yeah and I think that what I love about it and going back to that you know talking about the alcohol or whatever what I love about the the DIY scene or or even though we don't have to call it DIY is it seems to be putting music first or art first or the culture first as opposed to socialization or or mm. drinking or commerce first. It's putting the art and and the artists first. It yeah. feels that way. Let me ask you, in indie music, is jazz being accepted by the general public and in the indie music blogs in the same way that 
maybe even other outsider genres like electronic or experimental has it has it been hard to overcome people's ideas of what jazz is or who it's for mm. i'm gonna say no i think <laughs> i think jazz music is really popular right now i think there's a lot of artists that i could name who have crossed over into like what you might call even like pop sure landscape i'm certainly working with people that are trying to push jazz music and what jazz means and like trying to fuse it. So, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a hard question. Like in, in a lot of ways, if I could give like a more cultural answer, more historical, I think America, I think America doesn't do enough to celebrate its jazz heritage. Right. And like, that's a real thing. You know what I yeah. mean? So what, whether that means like historical preservations of buildings, more museums, more institutions and sort of things supporting the the public public arts and grants there's not enough there because jazz music is is american music it's black american music and and i think i think america doesn't do enough so so we could start there sure okay <laughs> in there Let, um yeah. continue continue within within like music in the music business i think jazz music is like yeah it's not pop music anymore and it's definitely niche and within contemporary jazz especially i think certain things run the risk of becoming too rarefied or too like which is i think it's always the more the merrier in terms of like weird music and out music but I, in terms of just like sellability and it as a commodity i think that we i think independent labels and artists face a lot of challenges right now um in terms of just like making a living doing this and within jazz music specifically there is a real gigging um sort of aspect uh -huh. right which which becomes a lot of people's main income and some people also supplement that with teaching sure um but in general you know i think right now there are a lot of challenges selling jazz music it's not something that just like necessarily easily lends itself to everybody um but at the same time, you know, I could speak to like, even within hip hop music, like if you think about everything from like To Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick Lamar and On You, that was really a moment for like LA jazz music, jazz music. You know, you have luminaries like Robert Glasper and Kamasi Washington and Terrace Martin who are really kind of Thundercat, really paving the way for like yeah. what, what it means for you know what I mean? That's just, good. Yeah, no, that's a good music point. music being as big as any other music. And I, I think right now I could speak to even Kamasi is someone who's headlining festivals yep. right now. And he's oh, actually sure. closing. He's closing the festivals. <laughs> like, he's headlining it. So yeah. that's, I don't know. He, he's a specific example. He has a very, like, big band and vocal. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. an experience. It's a spiritual experience. But, uh, are, yeah. are there gatekeepers in this genre? Like, do you care about, <laughs> I, I'm sure, I, I, do you care about the the institutional approval from yeah. like traditional jazz, like Lincoln Center or, or the, you know, is, is that something Dude. that is completely irrelevant to you? Dude, this is so funny because I'm not that used to, for the record, I'm not that used to being on podcasts. Like, I think you might have been the first person to ask me to be on a podcast. So my mind <laughs> okay. is, is it's like when you ask me about gatekeepers, like <laughs> the answer my friends would give you versus the answer I would give you might be a little different just because I might, off the record, might be a little more okay. critical. In general, I would say gatekeepers are like, yeah, fuck gatekeepers. Like I, start, I started doing what I, what I'm doing now, running Minaret, you know, because... 
I thought, okay, damn, like oh, there's so many really cool artists, and I don't think, I don't think any of them really have that much of a chance of being on a label, and it has nothing to do with how good their music is. So therefore, it has everything to do with these other factors. Sure. And what are those other factors? And then going into those other factors, I was like, okay, damn, yeah, definitely, like there's gatekeeping, and that's the real thing. And what that means is a bunch of shit. It means, you know, people guarding resources, meaning like I have a screen printer, that screen printer is fire. Someone's looking for a screen printer. Some people are going to be like, yo, this is the guy to go to. Boom. Other people are going to, they're going to keep that contact to themselves. Sure. They're not going to share their plug as it were. You know what I mean? Sure. So that's kind of, so gatekeeping, that's one realm of gatekeeping. Another realm of gatekeeping is of course, um, venues and the kind of like Um, the, the pipeline between booking agencies, management, labels, and these kinds of events. Like who are the people who are being, that talent buyers are are in communication with, who's being looked at, who's being booked. That's another realm where there's a lot of gatekeeping. And then of course, like indie indie music in general versus major label music. And those, all those major label money uh, money opportunities and, and, and culture opportunities. With that being said, man, within jazz music specifically, I think it's so challenging because, you know, I even look at myself, I'm like, damn, am I becoming a gatekeeper? Because <laughs> I just am critical and I'm someone like, you know, you know what I mean? Like I'm someone who everybody, you just realize why people start to become more kind of like, you know what I mean? Inaccessible or, yeah, or yeah. why if you're getting submitted a lot of music, of course. Like, there's no way you can That's right. Like, think about how many, how many submissions these, these bigger labels might be getting, you know, because I, I know because based on how many submissions I'm getting, yeah. and I'm a very, you know, relatively, you know, I'm just a very independent label, but the submission stream is very consistent. And there's a lot of people who just with like great music sending me stuff. But the reality is that everybody has, you know, everybody has a bandwidth, everybody has what they're, right. you know, what they're doing. Some people could, some people want to be that some people are literally run, are distri- distributors and therefore their job really is something closer to being like, yo, I'm just like, it's a constant stream yeah. of music and I'm endorsing all of it. But then on the label side of things, that's where things become more curatorial. And to that end, in terms of curating, I think that's where gatekeeping really finds its expression. Within, within curating, within kind of these like, maybe even like uh, um, rec- recognition, that's another thing like, you know, signal boosting, who's being signal boosted, who, who are the, who are the labels that get that shine from other labels, yeah. from other, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Pages. And so, um, how I feel about it though, to like wrap this answer up, how I feel about it is like, fuck them. Yeah. We're going to do what we do. Like make your shit undeniable yeah. to where the gatekeeper can't, his gatekeeping or her gatekeeping is re- is irrelevant. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's right. It's almost that's kind of like, and that's how you feel. Like a lot of the the shit that ended up working out in music in the last ten years was that was someone independent as hell who was able to use their you know support base, use the, you know where they were at to then have leverage where then they could meet with a with a label and be like, now nah, we're this is a partnership. Uh, this is not. This is not you giving me an advance. Yeah. 
this is a partnership. You know what I mean? I put up bread for myself. Do you get a sense? So, yeah, exactly. Do you get a sense that, I mean, you're talking about you know, not worrying about these big gatekeepers. Uh, um, I get a sense that they would be watching or, or would likely be watching oh, what yeah. you're doing. Um, yeah, man. I, I think to find what, you know, what I, comes next. I could, listen, this, I'm telling you, these things find their expression in music, but they also find their expression in other arts. For, and so, for example, I see how graphic designer friends of mine who are really talented, very talented, I see how their work gets referenced by larger things. Yes. I see it. Yeah. It's legible. Yeah. It's legible. And if you're someone who's, whose work has, has expertise within visual arts and, you know, you're, you know, I'm a photographer. That's another job that I have. Like, so it's like, I'm really paying attention to visual media all the time. And I see these, these things, everything is, is quoting, everything is originating something and everything is quoting something. Oh uh, yeah. hundred percent. Be extremely original is very difficult in this. And we're in a very saturated time, especially with graphic design. So, but I see how little things get implemented by larger labels. And then in terms of what I'm doing, I mean, the truth is, is that from the very beginning of starting the label within, like, you know, it started in November, 2019, within the first maybe three or four months, there were definitely a few bigger, I won't name them, but like bigger labels and platforms in the LA music, uh, music scene and community yeah. that tapped in with us early. Huh. And, huh. but guess what? Like, you know, and some of them, use their platforms to help like it becomes a collaboration and sure you know they might put some music on playlists it becomes a thing where it's like a, it's a it's a dialogue but then other people you're just like oh word you just followed us i feel you yeah you know what i mean <laughs> meaning like meaning like this is reconnaissance as yeah. much as as much as things are you know this community and we like all labels yeah, and we, yeah. i you know and, and to be honest we can get into this i tried as much as possible to be that label that cuts through those bullshit dynamics and really tries to just like promote other labels music if a, if an artist on minaret puts out something on a different label to p promote that sure. like that's really important to me because i really just care about music i don't care too much about the competitive but however under <laughs> underlined by the fact that i'm not romanticizing this of course i'm competitive every musician i work with is is competitive and w the reason why they're competitive is cuz it's a fucking cutthroat time right now yeah it's a cutthroat time culturally musically financially cutthroat and if you're not the best then you have to figure out different ways of you know different ways that your life will look yeah so that that's kind of that's kind of how <laughs> it's just great this is yeah. fun okay so let's let me ask you about like uh, what i'm kind of curious is is kind of like what your your goals and objectives are with the label and and maybe specifically with the genre. I know there's this yeah. quote from uh, Thelonious Monk when somebody asked him about where jazz was going. He's like, I don't know. You can't make it go anywhere. It just happens. Yes. There's true in a way, but your role is a curator of jazz. And, and do you have a vision or an ideal future for, for the genre or, or, mm. or at least just for the label? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, yeah. So, I agree with that, with that quote. It's just, that's what jazz music is. You know, it's something that like improvised music. It's something that's yeah. again, rooted in the black American tradition. It's something that comes out of American, you know, struggle. Yeah. It's something that's rooted in that. But then of course, within the contemporary lens, um, 
I don't know. I think, yes, yeah, always changing. I think what I'm trying to do is be that label that can represent the whole range as much as possible of people that are like either making this kind of music or inspired by it, or if that's their reference point, that's what I want the, the label, the music that's coming out of the label to be. So that could be, you know, an alto saxophonist who also is a producer that could be, um, you know what I mean? Uh, a vocalist who also makes ambient music. Like people now make all types of music. And it's like, I'm not trying to be that person that's calling everything jazz music. You know what I mean? Yeah. But without, but then also I'm not trying to be the person that's saying that this is all genres and that this is like, I'm trying to say neither of those things. I think I'm just trying <laughs> to create a platform where like the ethos of the label itself, the ethos of even me, like as the person behind it, who's yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm really coming from that, like improvised, you know, constantly, like you said, on the edge, constantly on the frontier of pushing new music. So that's, wait, that's, that's my, that's my focus. You know what I mean? And that's the artists, the artists I work with, all of them, again, represent that, like, and it, and, and they're, they're so, I could speak to, to them specifically too. They're so different in how they're achieving that. But I think all in all, you have like, you do have this new generation of jazz musician. Yeah. That's probably an instrumentalist that might've went to school, might've not, maybe they're self-taught, but they're, they're killing in that sense. And they, they can shed and, and they play, you know what I mean? They yeah. do all that, they can swing, but then they're also like producers. Sure. And they're also engineers. And they're also people that make all types of music. And so whatever that blend is, again, it's not one thing, whatever that blend is, and it doesn't even fuck the word fusion. Doesn't it, it can be whatever because again, that's what it's up to the artist now. What are the artists yeah, calling it? Yeah. Whatever that is, that's what I want. And so in terms of real quick a vision for yeah, I, yeah. I can't really say I I I I'm really um I'm just focused on, you know, making sure that this label is a is a great home for the artists that I'm working with, making sure that I, I keep kind of um producing uh captivating events in Los Angeles and abroad, I'm really like the live music element is really important to me and like the shows. I'm really just, man, I'm focused on growing it and being organic and not trying to like push the car before the horse too much as much again as I'm trying to like send it. And I think everyone I'm working with is sending it and we're trying to break through, break through into what? And what does it mean when we're there? <laughs> we don't know, but, but we're, we're, we're on that point, man. And that's what I think that's for me, that's what um, that's uh, what the jazz music, whatever. That's that's what it's about. It's just about this like new shit. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Are you saying that um, your business ethos has that uh, improvisational uh, component that mm. mimics the genre? Damn, that's a good question too. Um, maybe like before even business, because you got to realize I'm an artist. Like I'm okay. for. I'm a photographer. Um, uh, I've been, you know, making and putting out clothes since before starting Minaret. Um, I do creative direction and art direction. Like, so, so sort of like that. So in terms of working with everybody, I'm working with specific mu musicians and putting out their music. We'll contract, you know, engineers and designers, and then I'll work almost in an executive producer sure, or yeah, creative director sure. role. So within that, type of work yes i'm a jazz musician yeah um, within photography how i take photos what kind of the, my style and also keep in mind a lot of the content within minaret is original content maybe that i have 
made photos of and also sure. will work with individual musicians. That's something I offer as a label service is photography, you know? Right. So okay. within that stuff, yeah, definitely. And that's maybe my, I mean, I do produce music as well and I have that background in production. I don't put out music, but within that, I think there's a shared language between me and the artists I work with that we're kind of like, yeah, we're like, you know, we're playing, we're, we're, we're improvising. We're, as much as we're, this stuff is rooted in foundational chords, principles, lessons, it's something where I'm like, I'm not trying to repeat myself and I'm not trying to play licks. I'm trying to be hip I'm tr in terms of my production, in terms of my curation. And that's, that's what I mean in, term, in terms of like the ethos within the business thing. Yeah. I mean, also because it's like just to run a label in 2022 is a really strange thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm essentially working with people who are retaining independence and ownership over the, over their music. And we're doing, you know what I mean? And yeah. so like, it's not the financial relationship is not the same as maybe the financial relationship that a major label has with an artist where also there's like a much bigger team and there's a much bigger expectation of the kind of recoup. And so maybe to that end, yeah, I'm like, I'm going, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm playing along <laughs> with, with everybody else. But yeah, I mean, as much, that's also like, like within that, if you want, if we could take the metaphor, there's free music. There's, you know, we're playing, we're playing some charted out stuff. We're playing some heavy, you know, yeah. there's so many different yeah. layers. And so within that, yeah, like some stuff is really, really planned out. Like it took a year for us to plan it out. Yeah. And some stuff I'll pull off in two, three days. That's against cool. the clock. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Uh, is there, can you, or maybe you can't put this into words, but what is, what are your parameters as a record label when it comes to genre or how do you determine what gets entered into your minaret canon and what doesn't? Um, so there's musicians who I've been working with slash known since before minaret. And so those musicians, like one of them is this, he's just texting me right now asking about <laughs> some shit, but uh, this artist Dakota, who is very, he's the first artist I, I worked with. He's a guitarist currently attending Cal Arts, really brilliant uh, musician. And um, so there's cats like that, that like we've just been working, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I might've put out their first music with them. So sure. I'm working with them and like, I'm just following them. And like, we're, we're just like, whatever people want to call that artist development. I mean, they're developing themselves, but I'm here like as a kind of home again, in the resource and someone that's as a distributor, a kind of a creative house where I'm down to like, help with the visual direction, help with the merch, help with the kind of like DSP stuff. So it's kind of like help even with management to a certain extent. It's like kind of quasi management because I'll help with booking or I'll book my own for Minaret shows that I'll book artists who are on Minaret. So it's like essentially, um, but you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. there's a lot of ways to look at it. But so, so there's those artists who I've been like working with who are part of that like core. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm loyal to them and I'm, I'm so interested in putting out more of their music. I see. And so I would say like maybe the, the roster is split between that. And then, then again, you have friends of friends, people who have sure. like a warm intro and will submit music. That's really great. And that uh, I decide to work with. And from there that, I don't know, bro. I, 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 that's I, we've put out everything from hip hop, ambient music, um, 
contemporary like hard bop jazz yeah uh beat beat tapes like that's another thing i'm really super down with like beat making and i come from that tradition so like um minaret is actually going to be um we're doing a beat making class for incarcerated youth in orange county wow. that's going to be where they're going to have like Amazing. access to ableton and so Amazing. like there's so so we come from that beat make and then again that's like that beat making shit is hip-hop and hip-hop is also like comes a lot from jazz so like you see what I mean? These sure. reference points are the more important thing. What's the reference point? It's not yeah. what's the act like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because also like, you know, um, well, yeah. So, and then, um, but then within parameters, uh, my parameters are just, yeah, like I, like I want to put, okay, I want to work with people who are dogs about their own music. If sure. you're a dog about your own music and your music's at a certain caliber, like those are the types of people I want to work with. Yeah, yeah. So what maybe the parameters of genre are less important than the parameters of like that commitment. That's and because it's again, it's like this whatever jazz music is so there's so many different ways that it looks and sounds. And I trust musicians to be in charge of that. Right. You know what I mean? I trust them to be in charge of that. That's their job. My job is to just kind of like now the label becomes the storyteller. The label becomes the synthesizer. I'm interested in bringing people together. I'm interested in fomenting collaboration. So by virtue of just being a label that's inclusive, some artists might just start collaborating, collaborating with each other. And maybe that there was less context. There's, there was no context. There's always context. But there yeah. was less context before. And so you see what I mean? That starts to create. And so now I'm at a place where there is like a very, again, like a very active stream of music that's coming in from other cats that like just finding out about Minaret, but also there's there's a stream of people who are who are essentially submitting albums for Minaret or giving me ideas about albums that they would want to make for Minaret. And sure. so it's just a beautiful like it's a beautiful time, and I, I'm really happy with. So just, you, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned you're getting demos. What or like what are you looking for now? What catches your eye when a demo yeah. comes in? Well, you know what's crazy is that a lot of times it's not even a demo. It's something that's fully finished. You yeah. Know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Time, sure. Okay. A lot of times it's something that's like unreleased and that's, and that's yeah. why, again, that's why maybe the relationship looks a little different because now there's an artist who essentially could self-release or could just be their own label, and they're saying, "Hey, I want to release with you because I like you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what it is, right? And because I, I, again, you might have resources, or you know, you might have there might be certain opportunities here that i fuck with so um so with that um yeah i guess stuff that's fully finished i listen to it some stuff i'm so open man like i listen to every submission that we get i check my email all the time and you know what i mean i listen to it a bunch of times um some of it again there's more context to who the person is and also if that person is already like someone revered people i work with oh sure that's obviously like yeah or someone i i've already because there's there's like people i'm working with now not to be named but that they were people who i was like 15 going to their like maybe like 17 or Crazy. 18 going to their concerts and now i'm working with them or they submitted music to me oh wow. so it's like wow this is like so how that's do you kinda, yeah. how do you predict their work ethic when you when you get a submission from someone i mean is there a way are there are there signs where you could be like this is somebody who gets uh, it uh um, dude, to that, to that extent, I think, uh, how do I even answer this? Okay. Okay. So like I'm a photographer, right? Yeah. I think most photographers that are any good 
recognize that like at most of your photos are shit. <laughs> right. Okay. And like, you kind of have to be like kill your darlings type with that. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and that's how I feel about especially jazz music. Cause like there's a really high level, like you said. And if you're not meeting that level, then it's sort of like, it's better for me to just say nothing or it's better me for me to just be encouraging. Yeah. So for that, it's like, again, I'm, I'm getting a whole range of submissions from people who are like, again, this is like, might be their first release to people who are literally 60 years old that right. have had their own label since 1990. You see what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> there's not one way. So it's like, I, I might receive something that's sure, literally like, sure. there's no notes. I have zero notes. It's just someone <laughs> saying, hey, Yusuf, here's my next single. And they're, I'm already working with them. And I'm just like, I fuck with it. Yeah. Let's do it. And yeah. I'm just going to, you know what I mean? Versus <laughs> other people that are younger, they're learning. Um, and to that extent, I mean, you asked about work ethic. I think I basically come from the school of thought that like, that, like things are mysterious, but things are also very legible. And so like when you're, when I see a photo, I'm able to be like, okay, it was shot on this camera. It was film or it was digital. It's like kind of, this is how they might've processed it. This is might've, might've been what they were thinking. Like those things are legible sure. within a photo. So sure. they're also legible within music. When yeah. an engineer is hearing a song, they're telling they could be like, oh yeah, there's a little bit of a noise in this frequency. Like it's objective. It's not as much as there's like, again, these more mysterious and under kind of underwater elements of music of just like, how, why does this work? And like, why does this feel? And so I guess I'm split down the middle of being <laughs> like trying to be emotionally receptive yeah. as possible. Like I, again, I'm open man to like, the music really blowing me away. I promise you. Every yeah. time I play something, I'm like, this might be the best thing I've ever heard. But, <laughs> but then measuring that up to like what I hear, I think, I don't know. I, I think, um, I think you could you could definitely tell with people, especially with jazz music, like who's really who's really interested in production, and who's who's not. Like who who's uh -huh, really producing uh -huh. their own shit, yeah, and who's not, and who's really adding. Like because like of course, like bro, you could. There's a lot of people who could just put out like a live jazz record. Sure. You know? it's like what's something that's? I think a lot of the music that we're putting out has a lot of production elements to it. And yeah. So there's like, um, but man, I. Well, I you know, I'm asking you, I I'm asking you an impossible questions because I, I know that when you open an email and and everything is done wrong, but the music is great, or vice versa, everything looks great with the, you know, oh, right. I, I, there, oh, there are no well, rules. Well, you know, but bring, but that's good that you say that because now you're reminding me that listen, like when I get submitted something, there's the music, and then right when I hear the music, I'm gonna go to their page. Yeah. I'm going to see if they have cover art. Yeah. The, so then as terms of the creative direction and aesthetics and the, their brand and their voice yeah. and these kinds of things that are all the things that are not the music, yeah. those things are very important Good. as well. Very, Good. very important because I'm, in, I'm, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm like, this is, that's where <laughs> it's like, this is a community. This is a community. This is something that like that preserve, it needs to be preserved and it need, it's not, that's where it's like, fuck gatekeeping. It's just about, protecting things yeah. need to be protected an individual needs to protect themselves before yeah. like a community so i just look at it from that lens of like you know we're all trying to just like put out put, i'm i mean even before that i just say i'm just putting out, trying to put out good people's music good music it's as simple as that you know <laughs> um some stuff that I get submitted is really good, but I just don't think it fits. With yeah. Like yeah. the sequence or what I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. That's where it's like yeah. almost like, I'm not even, I don't even tell people this is good. This is bad. I mean, I'll tell some, someone this is really good and this is why I think, 
But yeah. I don't really tell people why things, I don't think things are strong. I'll just be like, hey, I think uh, you might consider this. Sure. And here's a resource for that. Sure. Because, and then, and then, bro, anybody, who, I want everybody to know they could always text me, hit me up, DM me, asking for a second thought. And then if you want more of a critique, that that's available. And, and certainly with the people that I work with, I think that's where there's a lot more critique, a lot more back and forth, a lot more notes. But then even relative to other people, I would say I give very few notes to musicians, maybe um, compared to what other labels or NRs might. Like, I, I don't know. I, 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 come, I come from that, like, trust, trust the musician. If you trust the musician and want to work with them, then trust that they're, like, going to be their own editor and are able to, they know what they're putting out. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, just to make the photo a metaphor one more time, it's like, okay, if I'm editing a photo, I'm on Lightroom, you know, I'm essentially mastering that photo. Like that photo, after I bounce it, that's the photo that's out. Yeah. So it's, it's so you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, I know, like, I, I'm not asking someone to like look at my photos and be like, hey, is this so? It's like, if someone hired me, it's like, trust that I do that part. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and so. I like that you, you know. said, uh, I'm putting out music by good people. And that, you know, we often think of the music first, but for you to say that it's, you know. Yeah, man. That's cool. That's really cool. They're homies. That's the thing. It's like, I'm lucky to be working with a lot of my friends, a lot of young people. Yeah. I'm 27. A lot of the people I work with are younger than me. A lot of, most people I work with are my friends in one way or another. Most of them I know in real life and we hang out and, you know, we do things outside music and also, we also work on music and we focus on music and we have that seriousness. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a very personal, it's a personal landscape. It's, it's not... Everything has a has a reason why it's looks the way it, it, it does, or like why someone I'm working with someone, or why I'm I put out something a certain way. Like it's all, it's pretty intentional, you know. Well, I try to be now that we've had this forty minute cold open. I want to ask you about the history of your label and and how did you come to jazz and how did how did this label form? And I got to be honest, I, I've been thinking about this label and, and thinking about reaching out to you for a little while now. And then when I was reading today that you started in twenty nineteen, I was so confused because I feel like the logo has been <laughs> in my mind for a very long time. I don't know how that's possible, but give that's, me a history it, lesson here. Ah, uh, damn. I like that, man. I like to, I like that you say that. Yeah, that logo. I, I think it's true. Music, when you put out music, you hope that it almost feels a little familiar, yeah, but it's uh -huh. new. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> but um, man, so basically, uh, I went to college for, I went to college for writing, um, and uh, I, I was I was sort of studying like Middle East history. I'm, I'm from Egypt myself, so I was studying a lot okay. of stuff about like Egypt and all that. And when I was in college, I got into making beats and I got into music. And I also got into photography. So like, boom, I graduate college. I like have some like different jobs in like the tech world. I like worked at an engineering company. Like I'm doing different things. I even drove Uber, like <sighs> all sorts of shit, right? And like within that, I was like focusing on photography and I was making music. I was making, a lear learning how to produce and learning how to record myself. And um, I eventually started to meet musicians around where I lived in like Orange County. And eventually through meeting musicians, I met jazz musicians. And this is sort of like maybe around 2017 or 2018. And keep in mind, this whole time, I'm like, I'm an avid music listener. I'm a real hip hop head. 
and I like jazz music, but I wouldn't call myself like an aficionado or like sure. ex- expert. I just like, I knew it. I fucked with it. I knew a lot of like newer stuff. And, you know, so by the time I met jazz musicians, to be honest, man, I was just, those were the first people that were like talking about music. Like, again, I had always like there was that hip hop crowd, but like jazz musicians were the first folks that were just talking about music and I really identified with with how it sounded like just even their thoughts like they were talking about shapes and how abstract it was and how they were talking about improvising and like I think to that end I started to represent more of that like yeah like that art like again I had that art background like at this point like I'm putting out shirts I have like an interview website like I'm always been just like doing different art things yeah that that was kind of the lens that I through which I was speaking to these musicians was, you know, okay, like, damn, I really like, damn, like, then we started to talk about covers. Then we started to talk about events and like why I didn't think certain things were delivering, why like maybe the music here is good, but they're compromising this way. And then like, so like through those conversations that I had with like specifically that artist Dakota I mentioned, and then like later on a bigger cast of like people that I met, um, I realized that this was the music that could like use me in a way and yeah. like use my ideas and my imagination the most because it needed more it needed people it needed non-musicians essentially like i'm a musician but even then it's like i'm not again i'm not trying to put out music and all this it's just like an informed perspective like i know what it is so did you have like more, a, did you have an entrepreneurial spirit did you do you think that uh, at all kind of I, mean, I guess in college i started like a coffee shop with my friend katie and that was kind of cool it was like a non-profit it still exists it's called the underground um but no, uh, my yeah. dad is an entrepreneur and i think yeah like listen man like this shit all of it comes from me <laughs> it comes from me not be like <laughs> like being told what to do yeah. it comes from yeah <laughs> I just, know. Being, just being like some stubborn ass that's what people start <laughs> shit because i want to I thought I could do it better. You know I, what I mean? I always use the analogy of like, whenever I get stuck in traffic or wherever I see traffic on the highway coming up, I always get yeah. off at the first exit and just take all of the tiny little roads until I'm out. Even if it takes me longer, I just take all the side streets until I'm out of traffic. I feel like that's an analogy for how I look at like entrepreneurship. Mm. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, totally. So, okay. So basically, um, so by that time, giving in terms of giving the history lesson so by that time i met jazz musicians and i'm working with that guy dakota and like and then i kind of um i started to essentially i started to work with like him and i started to work with a few musicians more closely again in that like not even a manager but just like another person thinking about their music yeah (laughs) yeah and um that turned into essentially a few people kind of looking at me being like, what are you waiting for? And then from there I committed to it. And I, um, the idea, the minute, actually the name Minaret, which, you know, that's like the, they're on mosques, you know, Minaret right. is like a lighthouse. Okay. Yeah. Um, where it comes from, they're a source of direction. They're a place where a kind of a, a, a call, a reminder hmm. is happening every day. So there's this kind of metaphor, but you know, I went to like a Minaret Academy when I was young that like my mom taught at in like Anaheim. So like Minaret has just always been a word in my life. So I just was like, this is like the branch, just like, fuck it, like Minaret records. Like, yeah. So, so from there, um, again, I had that background with like putting out clothes and like the creative stuff. So I knew like, okay, we got to get a really crazy logo. I wait, wait, can I, ask, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Do you have the logo yeah. as a tattoo? 
Do I have it yeah. as a tattoo? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't no. have it as a tattoo. Would you? I wonder if someone if someone does that. Okay, this is what I'm gonna say. <laughs> it looks someone like it would be great. If someone does that, they get free entry for life to end the internet show. <laughs> okay. I'm putting that on the record. That's on the record. Okay. How big does it have to be? <laughs> it doesn't have to no size. Anybody that gets a minaret tattoo on their body. Oh, it's a great. Yeah. Oh man. You're, a lot of people are gonna do it. A lot of people are gonna do it. It looks great. Sorry to interrupt you. Keep going. <laughs> but yeah, this guy this guy Kevin Zorink, who I met randomly in Dubai, like at some point so when I was doing some like uh, a show out there and um, he um, was like an American guy from Virginia who had like this graphic design background and he was doing um, like a, a residency in, in Dubai like learning like I think like graphic Arabic graphic design or something and I hit him up and bro he like just did us the biggest favor of a lifetime and just created something I think like with some of the direction I gave him and some of the ideas he just turned it into like this kind of stamp and I could speak to that stamp being something that like even people who don't aren't familiar with it recognize and like talk oh, about for sure about. Yeah. and it's just um something that's also a portal again into all the music we're putting out and becomes just this kind of like yeah this label brand community hybrid <laughs> i don't know like but at the same time i kind of try not to define things too much like i'm saying a lot of words right now but to be honest like a lot of i think minaret is just the the music and the events and the visual it's like the it's like a lot of people just know it through that and that's cool like i like that yeah just like there's, yeah. there's a real base to the to the label and to the to the music and that it's like really driven in again like visual and multimedia stuff i think that's dope it does um yeah. What role does California play for your label? Does it permit like a style of jazz that's different from? Per- yeah, there's yeah, there's some, like yeah, there, there's a real LA jazz thing with like sort of ambient jazz music is really popular and like the beat again like the beat the beat making yeah, stuff yeah and, like, you know what I mean all that stuff that happened and like that kind of has its adjacencies and then. Um, also, like you have like the kind of schools here, like USC and Cal Arts and Cal State Northridge, so like you know those like UCLA, like those kind of like like the Monk Institute or like called the Hancock Institute now, like these kinds of things also like play a role within like contemporary jazz. Um, but like within it being California, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm from yeah. I think I think I think the way that it affects it is like California is the edge. We all grew up kind of like skating and into like kind of subcultures yeah, and yeah. online. And we're all like online kids kind of, you know, so. It's certainly the yeah, aesthetic I think, that I get, I perceive from from your, from your seeing you online. That's just. Yeah. There, yeah, it's, it's definitely some like, it's rooted in California and, and, yeah. what, and everything that that means. Because you got to realize I'm an Egyptian. I grew up an Arab in, in California. My whole family lives in Egypt, so like my version of California <laughs> looks different than someone else's. But we sure. all share this yeah. land, and we care about this land, and like that's why I say I call us a California jazz label because I don't even want to claim LA. Like, I'm, like yeah. it's bigger than LA. It's 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 bigger than you know. It's just about like some all state, just <laughs> um, <laughs> like an all state thing. But yeah, I mean, I would say that like skate vocabulary and skate culture and like. There's a lot of hip hop and there's, there's a lot, even like also for me, I have reference points that are more like 
in Arab art and like Islamic art and um, stuff like that, which is important. And so, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that I'm basing this stuff off off of, and um, also just basing it off of just like yeah, it's like just work, just trying to create a a, a, a platform where you know there's a really cool collaborations happening all the time. And, and that's where it's just kind of like just putting things together and curating versus like, you know, as much as I might make a flyer, or like do photos, it's like also just like letting things. You mean with bloom. collaborating with, with like also yeah, non-musicians? Like like yeah. Like the visual art. Part yes. Of so yeah. Important. That's like cool. Fire and merch yeah. and design and like all that is super important and I'm down for it. And I just, um, I try to be, you know, I work with a lot of my friends, so I might like pair a friend of mine with someone I'm working with and then they start to work on the, the album art. And then, you know, it's like, yeah, things, things end up working like that. And I think that's what independent labels have to do now in order to survive is really just, there's that like micro, um, there's that micro business culture of just like freelance. Sure. Um, I want to. Yeah. I want to ask you a little bit about playlisting and how, how has playlisting affected the jazz world? For the average person, uh, jazz has been a, a genre that fits an activity or a lifestyle. I, I'm just kind of curious, like, if that's, you know, something that yeah. you've thought about. Uh, definitely. Um, well, I don't know. Like, right now, vinyl is really popular. So big jazz musicians, that's how they're making their money. They're making their money okay. from vinyl and touring, I would say. Okay. That's probably biggest thing revenue streams within that um within that i think playlisting has playlisting is kind of like this weird hail mail hail hail mary yeah and how i look at it because it's this thing that like guarantees a certain amount of listens and a lot of people don't have those listens organically so it ends up becoming this thing where like now dsps are the curators and like it is true. Like, like think about how DSPs really do not make it accessible for record labels to curate their their um, their kind of uh, catalogs on DSPs. I mean, they do it now. Like Apple Music has a feature now, but it's only for like more canonical like labels, right? Yeah, quote unquote. So, if you think about what that means, it means is that that, that they're becoming the tastemakers, or they see themselves as doing that. Um, we've, you know a few musicians I've worked with have gotten a lot of love from editorial playlists. And I think it's really cool when that happens because uh, it's just like, just gets a lot of new listeners. I think everyone wants new listeners and like random listeners on their shit. And a lot of times these playlists feel like they're a place where that kind of thing happens. Yeah. You know? Um, and uh, I don't know. It's weird because I don't have a distributor besides DistroKid. So what playlist pitching means for me is really like, okay, someone pitching via, you know, Spotify for artists and yeah. then me doing some like press outreach and then exposure, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, <laughs> Hail those Mary. Are, those are, that's the Hail Mary. For, that's such a good term for it. it that's versus, totally what it versus, is. Versus now you wanted to talk about gatekeeping versus all the sister labels that have, you know, the same distributor and that distributor has ends with the playlisters at these different DSPs. And right. therefore that's what it looks like is yeah. a bunch of the same, 
You get what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where gatekeeping lives. It lives in these kind of backdoor, but open face, like forward, like front facing channels. You know what I mean? On this subject, um, a lot of our listeners have record labels that release music that isn't entirely accessible or mainstream. Uh, uh, you know, as 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 maybe like straight ahead rock or pop music, but. Yeah. Uh, and often what makes the job of marketing and promoting this, this makes the job of marketing or promoting far more difficult. So I'm, I'm curious for you, um, you know, when there's music that requires a little bit more attention and investment by the listener, what mm. is the strategy for promoting this kind of music um, that, that is more on the outside? That's a good question. Uh Okay, one thing I'll say is like no one is in control of how people uh, as such will react or yeah. respond to me. Amen. No one. No one. That's even true of like on the most local level. Like I made a beat and I showed it to my friend. My friend is going to hear something different than what I hear. Yeah. So, yes. so there's that, which is to say that like some music just has a way of like lodging in people's imagination and lodging in the times and it becomes something that people reference. Other stuff is like more one-off. It's something that people visit every now and then. So that's what I, t I would say just to begin, like always know that it's try to manage your expectations, <laughs> yeah. but also try to infuse. That's where it's like, that's where the custom customization work comes in is where you can customize the experience and customize the things around the music, which can inform how a listener listens to it. So with that, I would say, yeah, like try to, um, you know, I'm a bad person to give this advice because I might sometimes just do more surprise drops for like two weeks rollouts and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I would just say like the timing, yeah, timing is really important. Be very, pay a lot of attention to timing and how you're sequencing things and how the kind of like different points between the announcement and the things that are being teased and the single or whatever and the like actual project. Make these things as kind of like um, inviting and... Um, what's the word like portally like I just mean like make them as much of a thing that people can chew on as possible because when the people chew on things that's when they it becomes like that's when it starts to achieve what the expectation that people want which is like oh people are like listening to my music and thinking about it and it's like a real thing it's a real thing in the world like it's not this thing that's forgotten so you know marketing be be creative try to try to like I would say graphic design is really important Try to like, you can definitely get people to listen to your shit because something has a cool cover or like pay attention to that. It's like, there's a lot of really amazing designers out there, you know, just take, go on online, go on Instagram. Sure. Look at some of your favorite labels, go click on friends of friends. Again, friends of friends, like just, you'll find great people and that's where you just got to invest a little, I would say invest in yourself too, man. Like you got to invest in yourself. You, can, you can't, don't be stingy with your own art. Like, like that's where it's like what I mean, the DIY. If you're going to be your own patron, don't skimp. Sweat <laughs> equity is important. All the things that you can't pay, for, that you don't want to pay for then, do and learn, but don't, but don't skimp. Like if you can't master something, don't just try to master it. Like get a, invest in a mastering engineer who's going to make your shit yeah. sound fucking fire. Like, and, and so <laughs> I would just say like, yeah, just to do, try to do as much as you can. And also try to like, try to really look at it as, as if you're like giving, like, be a giver like you know what i mean uh -huh. be a giver uh -huh. like if yeah. you're a giver i think things will come back to you um in this music shit. i'm just uh yeah I, i'm just absolutely loving what you said and, and i know that to be true too um but i i want to 
write it down and remind myself more often that we have no control. We're not entitled to people responding a certain way and we have no yeah. control. Oh man. I just, I love that. And, I agree and, with that hundred percent. And adding to that and adding to that, we are all in, however people want to look at it. You look at it, like you're putting out art. You're also putting out a commodity. We're in the, we're in the assets, meaning you put out something. It doesn't mean just cause you think it's buried now, shit, 10 years later, someone might think that's the greatest shit ever. <laughs> yeah. That might be true. Or, or like just some, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we just don't know how things are going to like, you know, how they're going to age and we never know. And so we can look at some music from 2012, 2013 now and see that like, oh, that age really crazy. Oh, that way they were doing ad libs or oh, that. So uh, well, music. And are you prepared? Yeah. Are you working on that too? Like playing the long game with your catalog? Because I, I feel like this type of music certainly lends it to that, you know, because it's not yeah, like doing I mean, any sort of current trends. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I, it's a real diverse range of music that I'm being submitted from people, stuff that some people are self mastering to like things that I'll go in and I'll be like, try to get great engineers to work on stuff. So, I mean, I pay attention to it, but I don't know. I think like fidelity is like a very complicated thing. Like some things are quote unquote lower fidelity, but are fire because of that. Yeah, some people are, yeah, some, some yeah. things are like, Oh, like fucking my bloody Valentine. They spent all this money just to get some, you know what I mean? Yeah, Something yeah. that someone could get on a test. Like, you know what I mean? Like just, I don't know. Like I'm just trying to, again, it's, Have I you, try to be as simple as possible. Trust the stamp. Have you thought Trust about Dolby Atmos at all? Is that something that's come across your radar? Um, Spatial yeah, audio? I was just thinking about that. Um, no, I don't really think... Um, I'm not too interested in, in in any of that unless a musician said that it was important for them or yeah. like an engineer yeah, could like yeah. offer it. Yeah, It's not really something I'm seeking out. I think, obviously you know, stereo and stuff like that. <laughs> well, like it's, yeah. Album. I mean, it's beautiful, and especially in jazz. It's beautiful, but it's it's super expensive. It's a limited audience. And right now, Apple isn't offering any sort of like, they're not chart, they're not paying the artists more for it. So like the fans don't have to pay a premium for it. So I can't really yeah. see the incentive for an artist to take on that extra engineering cost. Just again, that that's more comes into the listening experience if you feel like, having your drums panned to the left somehow makes whatever. Like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's just, that, and again, it's like the more the merrier, whatever. Sure. I don't, I'm not, I'm not tripping over more features. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe at the end of the day, like, yeah, we live in a very feature heavy time. It's so many options, blah, blah, blah. But like, we live in the most customizable time ever in life. Just, you know, count your blessings and like, just try to like, you get like, you could sign, you know what I mean? Like, you could just... <laughs> <laughs> make what you want i don't know like don't listen to it listen to it but um with um yeah with uh that kind of stuff i feel like as this stuff grows and the label grows and everything and you know i have more options then maybe yeah like i'm gonna do the triple gatefold for the vinyl you know yeah, what I, mean? I just yeah, yeah. hard to do that when when you're working at this at this level it's really hard man yep. you, you every every invoice is like a it's like a life decision, like, <laughs> like, like, and in and, and a certain, in a certain time of, of an artist or labels, you know, time. And then you get to a point where there's more money coming in. You got help, you got a partner or whatever. And, um, 
That's fair. You That's can, fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it takes time though. Yeah. Listen, Yusuf, this has been an incredible conversation. It's been such an honor to talk to you. Uh, you're totally, so full yeah. of wisdom. I really appreciate this. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. I'm, listen, man, I could, I wish I could have been maybe more specific. <laughs> no, about this is great. Artists, but, but yeah, it's, no. um, that's, that's, I really appreciate you um, hitting me up. Again, it's my, probably my first, maybe my first podcast talking about oh, well, some it was, of the yeah. stuff. <laughs> it was good. It's an honor. Uh, listen, <laughs> yeah. I got I got another yeah. question for you. If you have a second, yeah. for, it's a, yeah. for our patrons. We, we have been doing, um, uh, we've been basically asking this same question to a lot of our guests. And I just want to take Boy. another two minutes of your time. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you found that interview helpful. To find out more about Minaret Records, go to M-I-N-A-R-E-T. That's how you spell the label name. M-I-N-A-R-E-T records.com, minaretrecords.com. They're also on Bandcamp, of course. Uh, give them a follow and uh, stay in touch with what they're doing and check out just, you know, like how they run their website and how they run their band camp and uh, learn from them. I think they're a great label and they have some incredible artists and they're making some incredibly profound music. So please check them out. Also check out our directory if you need some help, if you need a mastering engineer, if you need a bio writer, if you are looking for a solution for managing your royalties at your record label. We have some recommended people that have been vetted. It's a very small list of folks um, and so to find out more about these people, go to otherrecordlabels.com slash directory. Thanks for listening. And consider becoming a patron by going to patreon.com slash otherrecordlabels if you want to hear the extended interview with Yusuf from today, plus over 20 bonus episodes at patreon.com slash otherrecordlabels.